there is a game seven to be played in Boston on Monday. And folks, I uh I don't think you could I don't think you could have scripted it any better than what we've got. The Boston Celtics play a game seven on Monday. Wow. Um what the fuck? <laughs> I'm giddy. I'm gleeful. I I came on this podcast after the three after game four and I I, I talked about I, I think I said, you know, I can't believe that we're down three one, you know, to Miami, who I've at the time viewed to be, you know, far inferior to the to the Celtics and uh I said I couldn't believe that I was talking about them with any joy given the situation we were in. And maybe maybe uh I don't know. I don't I, I'm not gonna I don't know what portion of me really believed that this that we would get this far. Um but I've been watching this team for the better part of fifteen years. And when Marcus Martin and Jalen Brown echoed each other's statements, just when they said, don't let us get one, how does that not evict just, just the most crazy, delusional feelings in you as a fan? Well, we stand here now. It's Sunday, May 28th, 1.46 a.m. I'm just now doing this because I'm just now able to process words and make sentences and talk about this team in like a realistic adult manner because for the first hour or so after the game, I was just running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I mean, I was just, I, I was standing on furniture. I was ripping my jersey off. I was like doing push-ups in my room. Um, I have been listening to like, heavy metal rock music for the past hour like reveling in NBA Twitter and you know all the social media stuff getting to see this team's emotions after this game um and you know just just the reactions that we're getting from the locker room from the post-game pressers like it is all very celebratory um it is reassuring to hear like the the serious stuff that's coming out from the Celtics like Tatum, um, you know, he was very excited. And uh, the best thing from tonight is that he said, you know, uh, he, I think almost verbatim, he said he's never been this excited to go back to Boston. And man, I just, you know, there's not a lot of certainties in sports, um, especially the NBA, especially when it comes to superstars. That's a pretty positive and reaffirming statement, right? That, like your guy... I like I feel very confident in saying that JT is all in on Boston, like as a city, and um, like Celtics as a franchise. I feel like pretty confident in saying he's all in. Uh, he's given us no reason to doubt that, and he just keeps giving us these these sound bites of like, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just that's reaffirming, and it's really nice because. In this league, you have teams everywhere who are like scrounging for superstars, or if they've got one, they're fighting like hell to keep them. And it's not that we're not fighting to keep our guys, but you know, it's nice when there's buy-in going both ways. You know, um, 
Derek White was asked about the poise that this team showed down the four, the final four minutes, and he said he almost said it like 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 there was no poise shown by this team, and that that's true, and this team needs to recognize that. Um, we are 0. 0.2, 0. 0.1 seconds away from this being a totally different narrative and having squandered uh, a double-digit lead in the second half in the fourth quarter, let alone. So not great. Once again, made it as hard and as difficult as possible, but that's this team. Like, you couldn't script it any better. Like, how would you... You couldn't you couldn't script this 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 season this postseason any better um, if you're looking for the most excitement the most like like if you were watching this in a movie once the team blows the ten point lead and you know after forcing game six you'd be like you you'd get sick of the comebacks you'd be like there's no way this is realistic at all like they don't just keep coming back it's like but they do but they do they did this. You know, they got cute with Atlanta. You know, that was never really a serious series. But obviously Philly, you know, basically blew it. Um, in game five, you go down 3-2. And now um, backs against the wall. Tatum, your superstar, is playing terrible in game six. And then all of a sudden he catches fire. Like that is something straight out of a movie. 16 fourth quarter points to send this team to a game seven. He unlocks something within himself that game. 51 points, all-time record in a game seven at home um, to send this team to the conference final. Feeling feeling extremely confident in this team in the conference final. I mean, the Heat, um, nice like Cinderella run, eight seed, you know, almost lost both playing games. They were very close to being in the lottery. They were almost in the hunt for Wembenyana. Um, but instead... It, they are straight up zombies, dude. They don't die. Um, right now, I think we're at the point in the horror movie where we like chop their head off, but you know, you need to like run it, run them over eight times, and then get out of the car and make sure they're actually dead. Um, but that was a gut punch for Miami tonight. That was a straight up gut punch. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I've been in similar situations as a fan, like on that side of things and it's just really hard to rally any confidence in your team um and you can just imagine you know being an actual player or coach you know part of the miami franchise um and trying to rally around what i mean you were you tasted blood and you were excited to go to the nba finals now you have a game seven date on the road where you just lost in game five pretty resoundingly that crowd this will be the best garden crowd i mean i i was gonna say like in a long time but the game five crowd was really good this this like, like we are rallying around this group this group we want it so bad for this group for marcus smart for Jalen brown jason tatum we want it so bad for them um because no matter how much they may, you know, I fuck around <laughs> and get silly with it, like, we really feel like they deserve it. And that crowd's going to be insane. And it's going to be an insane atmosphere. And if you're Miami, this is really fucking hard to come back from. Because you squandered 
the best opportunity ever, like literally statistically ever, because going up 3-0 is a death note to the opposition. 0-150 all-time is the record um, for teams going down 3-0. Only three times in the history of the NBA has a team gone down 3-0 and then forced a game seven. Of course, obviously, they've all lost. So the odds are still not in the Celtics' favor. I mean, history would tell you that this team is going to fall short of their goal on Monday. But history would have been dead wrong about this team the whole way through. So um, if you're the Celtics, you got to rip up the, the history books and you just got to look yourself in the face. You got to look at this team and you got to say, what is it going to do? Like, like what's it going to take? Like, you have to fight for your playoff lives. You have to fight for your le- like legacies are not on the line, but legacies can be written on on Monday. You know, somebody said, you know, come and being the first team in the history of the league to to flip the scripts and come back from down three zero. Like that's so memorable. You're going to be in the history books, whether or not you win the title. And we're not, I'm, I'm, my mind is not even anywhere near the finals. I'm not, I don't know who's in the finals. I don't know what the opposition is. I don't know what the game plan is. And neither do the Celtics. I mean, they are, they don't know about any of the 28 other NBA teams besides themselves and the Miami Heat. They are so focused, so locked into this. Um, so from an emotional standpoint, yeah, this is probably about as bizarre as it gets. Um, and I've been a fan of this team for so long and obviously a fan of other teams, the Patriots, the Red Sox. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of crazy shit in my young sports fan life, (laughs) but this, this, I think this takes the cake because I mean, it's so bizarre. It's almost like a weight was lifted tonight, and it's going to be a game seven. It's going to be, you know, there's going to be nerves, right? Um, you know, if you're not nervous, you don't care, you know. They asked Jason earlier before the game, like, do you get nervous before these games? And he's like, Eric, you know, game one of the Philly series, you know, onward, I've been nervous before these games, but it's, you know, it's a healthy fear. It's a healthy, you know, you respect your opponent. You respect this sport gives nobody anything. You have to earn all of it. And this team has to earn it and he has to earn it. And um, this is a good segue to just kind of talk about the game itself. Um, <laughs> you come out of the gates. Um, game is close, but Boston feels in control. Um, Boston wins the first quarter by a, a, a slim margin. Um, second quarter, Tatum is really on it. I mean, he, the, the pinnacle of this game, you know, for Tatum was probably when he hits those two back-to-back fadeaways over Butler. Um, because in the midst of doing all that, he's also going down on the other end. He had the block on Butler. He had the steal. He is really owning this game. And Butler from the field tonight was horrendous. I mean, he looked awful. He couldn't buy a basket. 
to be fair. Hits the crazy corner three to cut the lead, I think, down to about four. I got to rewatch the last six minutes or so. Um, and then, he, of course, the three clutch free throws, which we, you know, started to believe could be the dagger. Um, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> but Tatum comes out and owns the first half. And I was like, he's doing it. Like, this is what he does. He's he's Jason Tataming. He's doing the all-NBA first-team stuff. He's getting after at both ends. Um, and he was, and he set the tone. And he did overall have a really good game. Ends up shooting very poorly from distance again. Uh, he and Tatum, or he and Brown rather, go over from three. Um, we're gonna get to why that's kind of inspiring. <laughs> um, Tatum, huge first half. Brown starts the game five for five. You feel really confident, especially after the fact that he was icing his wrist. Um. You know, in the hours leading up to this game, you're kind of worried about that. Plus the way he's just, he's had a poor performance um, by his standards in this postseason. In, or, you know, more so, more more recently in this, um, this series of Miami. He comes out 5 for 5, but makes some sloppy plays, some kind of boneheaded decisions. Starts to take the stupid transition pull-up 3 from about 4 or 5 feet beyond the arc and there's not a shot in basketball I hate more than that especially when it's my guys especially when it's guys who can put their head down and get to the rim pretty much whenever they want to um, and Jalen Brown is one of those guys Jalen Brown I often refer to him as one of the best transition players and scorers in the league um, we haven't really seen that uh, in this series with Miami I think he's had a couple of really hard drives and transition where there's been a good a good look for somebody else to dump it off for an easy basket, um, and he might just try to willpower his way through a couple of different guys. Um, and Miami's a good defensive team; like they have smart guys, savvy vets who know how to get contact with the ball and defend without fouling. And he's gotten he's gotten stuffed on a couple of those types of plays, and very frustrating because we all know he's a crazy athlete, can get out in transition and beat a lot of guys, but um, it's just, it's gonna, with JB, it's kind of always like, when is he really going to unlock that playmaking, you know, um, making the right reads, not only for himself, but, you know, obviously for others on the team, uh, going to halftime with a small lead, um, Tatum to end the, the half takes a boneheaded triple. Yeah. I, I'm never going to be really okay with that. Like, I just, I hate it. Like, you know, you're going into halftime, like, burn out, burn out, go fifth gear, go to the basket, try to draw a foul. Obviously, you're damn good at that. He had 15 free throws tonight, made all 15, by the way. Um, I don't want to hear anything about officiating, though, because there's times when, you know, guys, are, you know, Celtics guys got hit, and uh, there was really, you know, no basket, or, or no, no foul call, rather. And... Um, Jimmy Butler also had 14 free throws and at the end there, like, I'm not going to say any, you know, what was or wasn't a foul, but at the end there, Butler's game plan was, I'm going to get it inside the arc and then just throw my body into somebody and hope for a foul call. I mean, that one, to me, the most egregious one, 
And like I said, I'm not saying it was a foul or wasn't, but his sole game plan was to get Robert Williams on him and then just throw himself at him. He didn't, you know, the and then just chuck the ball up. The ball was never even close to the basket. Like he just threw it up and just leaned in to Rob. And it was like, well, it's kind of, Rob was kind of defenseless there. It's like Butler just threw himself into him and just threw the ball like, like in the zip code of the basket, but it, you know, never had a prayer of hitting. Um, and if that's what Miami's late game offense has turned to, and if I'm the Celtics, I very much like in game seven of the Philly series, I don't want this game to come down to late game offense because Boston's is not that great either. I think Boston's late game offense, honestly, should just be like hunting mismatches with, with Tatum. And right now, everybody, that's everybody. Everybody's a mismatch for Tatum. He scored really well against Butler tonight. The numbers against um, Vincent are good. The numbers against Struess are good. Struess, like, I think early in the series had a couple of stops on him, and people were like, oh, my God, Struess, two-way superstar. Like, no, like, Kevin Love locked up uh, Steph Curry in the finals, (laughs) you know, that one time, like, it happens. These guys are NBA players. They have legit size. Like every now and then they're going to get a stop. But in the big picture, there's really nobody on Miami who's going to be able to stop Jason Tatum in a one-on-one situation. And we saw a lot more of the double teaming on Tatum in the second half. And so once again, Tatum only six second half points. Um, Some of that to do with the struggles from three point, but also the way that Miami defends him. It switches to they double him, and then I would like to see, when that happens, getting him involved off the ball, trying to get him more easy baskets. They did that out of a timeout. They had a great play. Robbins, I believe it was Duncan Robinson, just totally loses Tatum off the ball. He gets a cut and um, scores right at the rim super easy. We need more of that because... You know, if they're going to double him every time, Tatum's been really good operating out of the double team. That's why we saw him have 11 assists in game five. But it's just, you you know, they're doubling at the top of the key. They're doubling, doubling about the three-point line. As soon as he crosses half court, when they want to double Tatum, they're going to do it um, far away from the basket. And he's not going to have a, really have a good chance to score um, without making a boneheaded play because there's always somebody open and he's really good at making those those reads. Um and that's why he's a great playmaker and um, Miami's just willing to live with the consequences of somebody else beating them. They are not okay. They saw Tatum with 16 second quarter points and they said they, that was obviously the adjustment at halftime was like, we're not going to let him beat us. Like it has to be somebody else. It has to be the Derek White. It has to be Grant Williams. You know, Grant Williams puts up an O for tonight. Um, he almost had a, I'm going to make both moment because he was 0 for 3 at the time, and he goes to the line, misses one. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's never going to see one go in the basket. Thank God he makes that one. Um, and now Game 7 Grant at home, we could really use it. We really could. We could really use it. Let's talk about the shooting. Boston, 43% from the field. Miami, 35% from the field. Miami couldn't hit shit inside the two-point arc. Um, that's the story of the game because when you flip to the three-point numbers exclusively, Boston is 20% from three. Miami is 46.7. 
those two numbers have to be the biggest disparity in, I mean, at least a recent memory, like for Boston to shoot 43% from the field, but less than half that from three, um, when they take a very steady diet of threes, they only hit seven threes tonight. That is the lowest mark of the entire season, not the postseason, not the regular season, both. The entire season, that is the worst shooting by the Celtics uh, all season, and they won. Now, was it pretty? No. Did they get saved by the bu- or <laughs> saved by the buzzer? I guess. Um, but they persevered through a really shitty shooting night, and that's something that at the beginning of the series I did not see coming because early in the series the shots were not falling, um, and when the shots were not falling, they didn't have much else to go to. Uh, I loved that Tatum attacked in the mid-range tonight. It opens up so much more of his game. Um, and I really want him to keep pressing on that because when, you know, sometimes he's been a little predictable, you know, when it's like, well, you're either going to take a step back and shoot the three or you're going to push your head down and go to the basket. But when he gets somebody in that mid-post, high elbow, and he just kind of, jab steps I mean like it looks like it honestly looked like uh he's been watching Carmelo Anthony mixtapes since his retirement earlier this week you know um and Tatum's in a, like a phenomenal mid-range player he's up there with you know when he's really going um he's got tremendous footwork uh, a lot of people were tweeting at that moment when he was really going at it like he was looking very reminiscent of Kobe and you know physically like yeah the footwork and the shot-making ability, yeah, it, it is reminiscent of that because we don't have many, very many guys in the league today that do that. Um, you see it sometimes with Booker, especially with Durant. Durant's a phenomenal mid-range guy. Obviously, DeRozan. There's there's some guys who still really love and specialize in the mid-range. Um, but when he's going like that and he's hitting it from from all three levels as a scorer, um, it's, really, it's really fun to watch and really fun to root for. That's a guy you've... You really get excited about having on your team. Um, so Boston perse- persevering through a really bad shooting night is special. Rebounding, dead even. 47 rebounds apiece. Um, offensive rebounds, Boston had 12 to Miami 17. That drove me fucking crazy because they had so many second chances. And we had so many second chances. Thank you, Jalen Brown, because... Jalen was all over it. I believe he finished tonight with four offensive rebounds, and every one of them felt huge. And it's one of they were they were those types of rebounds where the other team is just like, "Are you kidding me? We played twenty three seconds of great defense, and then this guy just leaps over all of us because we're all gassed and just makes a play." Um, that's part of. So I think that's something that's not being talked about. I mean, <laughs> what is being talked about? We just we just saw this game, but. Um, both teams look very tired. Either of these teams going into a finals, you know, would be gassed. Um, I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I don't even know who's in the finals. I don't even know who won the West. I'm not even thinking about that right now. Um, but the, like the kick in the ass this is going to give Boston, I think is just, I think that's really important. I think that's really uh, 
underrated. Like, because Miami is still going to be the same amount of tired as they were tonight, which was very tired. Obviously, both teams got to catch a flight to Boston, and they got to play in less than, you know, you know what? What is it going to be? Thirty-six hours, forty-eight hours. Um, but for the Celtics, I mean, you're going to have one the energy of the crowd, but two, just the, I mean, the vibes in the locker room were simply amazing. They were immaculate. The vibes were immaculate in the locker room tonight. You can only imagine how excited these guys are um, to get to go back home and to. You know, just think about every, just think about everything that comes with going and playing a game at home, having a day off. You know, they're gonna get back home tomorrow afternoon. JT's gonna link up with Deuce, hang out with Deuce. We're gonna see the Snapchat stories of him hanging out with, with, you know, with his son. Uh, Derek White already talked about going and seeing um, Hendricks, his son, um, and these guys just go back and be with their families and recharge. And then the crowd is just gonna. I think it's going to be absolutely insane. Um, it's going to be something special in that garden. It wouldn't surprise me who shows up. Like, I don't know. This is going to be such a Boston event. Like, it's going to piss people off. Like, it is. It's going to piss people off. You could do a whole episode just talking about how this is going to piss people off. Because, I don't know. You could tell me anybody's going to be there. Damon and Affleck, right? Um from a entertainment standpoint, um, Brady wouldn't surprise me. Julian Edelman, uh, of course, I feel like he's going to be there. Uh, the 2004 Red Sox, you know, David Ortiz, I saw on social media was, you know, cheering the Simon. I'd love to see him make it out. You know, the KGs and the Paul Pierce's are always in play. Um, you know, we saw Johnny Damon, member of the 04 socks at the uh at game six tonight in miami showing off the ring um kevin millar keeps sending posting hype videos telling this team to cowboy up every day um well this team has answered the call they have cowboyed up and what better city what better franchise to do it for um than the boston celtics so man i'm just blown away a couple more stats here boston takes 78 shots they go 34 for 78 miami 33 of 93 miami almost takes 20 more shots <laughs> um threes were about even boston takes 35 miami takes 30 uh the free throw battle was close we the celtics uh edged miami by five um dude Wow. Uh, also, if you see anything about the time that was added back to the clock that allowed the Derek White shot to go up, uh, they reviewed it and they deemed that the contact between Horford and Butler was with three seconds left on the clock. That's what they reviewed it. That's what they decided. That's what was on the clock. I've seen so many, or I've already have seen so many conspiracies about like, oh, when did that happen? It's like, if you paid attention very clearly, they put time clock, time on the clock. Um, it was 2.1. They added nine tenths of a second. Okay. Um, and yeah, 
So I, I don't, I'm just tired of seeing like rigged conspiracy. It's like, dude, Miami got great foul calls all night, all series long. I won't, dude, I will not forget the moment that in the press conference where Eric Spolstra said, you know, he, he said, I'm sure they won the free throw battle tonight and like a pissed off, you know, manner. And I think Tatum had no free throws that night and the Celtics or the Heat had taken 10 more free throws than, than Boston. It was like, dude, were you even watching the game? And so I've given boundless amounts of praise to Eric Spolstra and he's deserving of all of it. But I mean, really, dude, like the fact that he was already kind of laying it out there complaining earlier in the series, um, really not a good look. Okay. Really not. Um, I don't know. Just getting excited thinking about this team. I'm getting excited thinking about Monday. Um, I've already done about a half hour on this. T- on this, um, this is this is all these reactionary podcasts. They're just they're no notes. They're raw. This is just be- basically a Celtics uh, podcast feed right now. Um, in the finals, no matter who it is, you know. Uh, as soon as I find out who's playing in the finals, I don't really know who's coming out of the West yet. I haven't paid attention. <laughs> um, one play at a time, one game at a time for the Celtics. Um, very, very, very excited. Um, Sam Hauser got some minutes tonight. <laughs> he was plus one in two minutes. Um, it was pretty clear as soon as he got on the floor, like, no, this isn't going to work. Um, do I think Sam Hauser is a better player, traditionally speaking, like, Every day, like obviously during the regular season, like you would not have said Duncan Robinson was a better player than Sam Hauser. Uh, but to a guy like Duncan Robinson's credit, he's been here before. And so he can go do 20 minutes um, in this game. And Duncan Robinson's probably seeing Ghost right now, although he played a really good game. Um, he should not feel awful, but if he does, you know, so be it because we still got a game to play. Um, but he did miss those two wide open, really good looks. Uh, and when they went up, I mean, I was just, I felt horrible when they were, went up because he's one of those guys. I mean, nobody's going to really remember Duncan Robinson in the way that like, you know, best case, he's kind of like a Danny Green, right? Where it's like Danny Green caught fire in that 2014 finals. It's kind of what we're seeing with the Heat right now, times five like martin uh vincent Struess, robinson um these guys are crazy um i'm actually really surprised we didn't see that highsmith kid tonight uh he was really good last game i mean he kind of you know the numbers are probably kinder to him than what the story really was and some of those points were you know in the course of a blowout or against second unit guys for the boston um but nonetheless that kid showed a lot of heart and really came out and, and played hard um, Vincent ended up logging 41 minutes. Um, I wasn't sure that he was even going to play tonight. Nobody was until, yeah, it was like a, it was late last second game time decision after warmups. Um, obviously, you know, he had the ankle thing earlier in the series, but for the most part, we've got, we've got, we've got an amazing game seven laid out on the table in front of us. Most, mo- both teams are 
at least at least as they came into the series are healthy in that sense. I know Miami's down hero and Oladipo for what's up for what that's worth. Um, and at this point, you know, if you're Miami, are you starting to have regrets about not getting hero involved? You know, because they're not bringing him back at this point. Like that's pretty clear. You know, he's been cleared for basketball activities for since probably about game five. At least, you know, we saw him shooting. I think he's been cleared since game four, but we saw him on the floor shooting before game five. What are you going to do? You know, you're going to work him into the back into this thing now? No, you know, it's too late for that. But it's like, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But yeah, if you knew that you were going to squander these games at home um, or games four, five, and six now, it's like, well, we would have rather tried to get him back and going, you know, in one of these earlier games. That way he could be more prepared for a game set, game seven. But maybe he's really not feeling up to it. Um, also, I just, like, if I was a Heat fan, I just would have had, like, the ultimate bad juju vibes on Hero before this game because TNT, I don't really know why they fed into it. I mean, I guess it was an entertaining bit, and it's kind of been something that has been going on throughout the, uh, the playoffs since Hero's gotten hurt. But Hero blasted Stan Van Gundy for calling him out on his shitty fashion, which, to be fair, Stan, to Stan, I mean, what's Tyler Hero? Is Tyler Hero the first guy uh, to wear a bucket hat at every game in the in the playoffs? I know you're a Miami kid, but, like, dude, guys used to wear suits on the bench. And that's the era that, that Stan was coaching in, right? Like, he's he's used to, like, you're either in your warm-ups or you're wearing a suit. And so he looks at Tyler Hero wearing all these fruity outfits and, you know, fun arrays of clothing and, um, you know, <laughs> condemns him almost. But it was it's all jokes. And then uh, Hero goes at him on Instagram and only the way that Tyler Hero could and be like, oh, you know, I'm not even as bad as he was as a coach or as he was on the sideline. It doesn't matter, but... Um, Stan McGuddy was like visibly like not shocked but like hurt by that he was like oh man that kind of stings it's like I just kind of felt really bad for Stan in that moment because he was kind of like oh I don't know like he didn't know how to, what to say like how to respond and then thankfully the guys on the TNT set uh, really stood up for him and Shaq did the whole thing like I'll go down there I'll go beat his ass you know on the bench or whatever and um, that was cool, but I just I, I didn't like that. I didn't like that juju from uh, that. That was bad juju. That was that was very mean spirited by Tyler Hero, and um, it's not nice to be mean. Okay, just listen to Taylor Swift. All you are, all you all you're ever all you're ever gonna be is mean. Um, the brain rot is setting in. It's well past two a.m. This is not getting edited or uploaded tonight, so. If you're listening, if you made it to this point, man, you're just as sick and delusional in the head as I am. Um, game seven in Boston on Monday. Uh, will I sleep tonight? Um, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Uh, I'm still processing everything. I'm gonna do another swipe through, you know, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram, and uh, see what the vibes are. Um, probably just. I don't know, watch some old hype, hype tapes, 
you know, get myself chived up, but, uh, man, I, you couldn't write a better script. You couldn't write a better script. The next time I see you all, um, I'm not even going to say anything. One play at a time. That's the mantra. That's what it's always been. Go Boston Celtics. Okay. Go Celtics. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to bed. Um, go C's. See you next time.